Welcome back to the official 49ers You've Got Mail podcast sponsored by Manscaped. I'm excited this week to be joined by Eric Crocker, former NFL cornerback and defensive back specialist. Also a draft in NFL scouting analysis and consulting with the Crocker Report. And you're also a contributor on 4th and 9. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Eric, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining us. How's it going? Uh, yeah, everything everything is going good, I, I guess, for me. But I don't know if I could say the same for the health of the 49ers right now. <laughs> you jumped right into it. You didn't even give me a second, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You're absolutely right. And I want to touch on that in just a moment. But let's just start with this season in general. Football is finally amongst us. It, it's a lot to talk about 49ers-wise in week one. But first things first, did you even think we'd ever get to this point where football could actually be played? You know, by, by nature, and, I'm, you know, you've been following me, a lot of other people that, you know, probably listen to this podcast, and they know by nature I'm, a, I'm an optimist. So I always figured there was going to be a season until they told me there wasn't going to be a season. So, yeah, I was definitely very hopeful, and uh, I, I'm just glad they put all the right protocols in, in place uh, it seems like it's running like extremely well, even better than I thought. I thought there would yeah. definitely be more cases than what we've seen pop up, but they've been doing an amazing job uh, keeping all of that in, in check. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, but what's so different this year is there's no fans. Uh, you have no fans in the stadium. You're kind of playing in front of it, – it's it's empty. It's quiet. You might have some pumped-in crowd noise, but that's all you've really got there. But as a former cornerback, how does that affect the way you play, the energy, hearing calls? Man, well, you know, like me, you guys probably can't tell because I'm so, like, calm, cool, like, collected on Twitter and everything. But, like, <laughs> I was, like, a really turned-up player on the field. And I fed into, you know, having the crowd, having the noise, seeing their reactions. Like, you know, if I made a play, you know, looking and seeing people that I knew and, you know, like I fed into all of that. And they don't have that this year. So I'm right. really curious. I wish I could talk to some of the players and ask them, like, how do you guys play through that part of it? Because, you know, that that's the type of stuff that really, you know, obviously you're doing a job and you're getting paid for it. So, you know, that the money obviously inspires you. But, you know, when you're out there, you need that extra something to, you know, know that this is really a big deal and this matters. And uh, the, the fans are a really big part of that. And they just don't have that this year. I, I totally agree. And usually I wait until a little later on in the podcast to get into fan questions, but we have some that are already relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, 49ers Hodge, we all know who that is, uh, sent in a question and asked, do you think the energy from the fans could have probably helped this 49er team get over that hump on Sunday and that loss against the Cardinals? I definitely think it helps. You know, not having fans actually helps the away teams more than it helps the the, the home team. Uh, you know, they, they don't have that extra, you know, set of eyes on them and, and the home team being able to feed off of the crowd. That was a big thing that a lot of 49ers po uh, pointed out last year. The crowd, the faithful, everybody really into the game. It gave them extra energy. Remember when Bosa went down in the divisional round playoff game and the yeah. crowd started chanting his name, Bosa, Bosa, and now it's just quiet. <laughs> you know, you don't have any of that. So, yeah, it definitely not having that crowd – I think it does take away a little bit of the energy and, and, and that energy can, you know, be the difference between one play and a play that, you know, really just changes the game. So, yeah, I definitely think that could have helped. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, fans were certainly missed that that home field advantage on third down. You're getting loud, you know, making it difficult for the opposing offense. And I feel like the crowd can be a game changer. You look at what happened last season at Levi's having those fans there. Also, look at the, some of the road games. Look at New Orleans. I mean, that was one of the loudest atmospheres I've ever been a part of. Uh, George Kittle said he enjoyed it. He couldn't hear anything, but he loved that energy. Same thing goes for Seattle. It, it definitely changes the game, I feel like having the fans there. Nah, definitely, definitely. I agree with you. So let's jump into some of the questions revolving around week one. 49ers fall to the Arizona Cardinals 24 to 20. Uh, it was not a perfect game. It was not a pretty game. Uh, even our uh, Cardinals head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, said it looked like week one for both of the teams. It wasn't just the 49ers who didn't play up to par, but also Arizona. But do fans have the right to begin panicking? I know you see it on Twitter. Fans are losing their minds after the performance that they saw from the 49ers. But what's your thoughts? Uh, definitely. Way too soon to panic. Uh, if you, we go back to last year, week one, against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The 49ers weren't sharp. Now, the biggest yeah. difference in that game was 49ers had a couple of pick sixes that really helped change how that game looked. But I, I remember when the game ended, I, I was thinking – Ooh, they got a lot of stuff that they have to clean up. Luckily, they yeah. won and had to clean that stuff up, so it kind of took away from you know oh, how bad they look. And I think the expectations weren't as high for the 49ers then. Well, this game I thought was pretty similar. They had some opportunities that they possibly could have taken advantage of. They didn't. I didn't watch the game thinking that the 49ers were not the better team. The whole time I'm thinking they're the better team, just a, a play here and there that I think they'll definitely be sharper uh, moving forward. So I don't have any panic just yet. I, I think right now I, I thought the defense played well enough to win. I thought the offense, yeah. there were a couple plays here and there that they definitely could have made. And I think going, you know, moving forward, I, I believe they will. I'm, I'm not worried or I, I don't think that the, the faithful should be panicking. All right, so I want to jump into this roster and some updates uh, with what's transpired over the past week, and I'm going to start with some fan questions. Daniel Brandon wants to know, what was really the problem on Sunday? Was it the lack of production from the 49ers wide receivers unit? Uh, was it the team looking past the Cardinals? What do you think was one of the main issues on, on Sunday? Well, I definitely don't think the 49ers looked past them. You know, even – when you're playing a team that isn't as great, you still respect your opponent on the other side because th those guys get paid good. And then when you look at the Arizona Cardinals and the games last year, they were two very competitive games. You know, the one at Levi Stadium, it, it came down to the wire, game-winning drive, you know, and t uh, touchdown pass by Jimmy Garoppolo. So they definitely didn't overlook them. I, I definitely think the wide receiver position, it, it didn't help, right? When, when you don't have those two guys – on the outside that are explosive, that can stretch the field, it kind of condenses everything. And we saw that with Trent Taylor. He's really yeah. good underneath, but he's not a stretch the field type of guy. You know, Kendrick Bourne, really good underneath, not a real stretch the field type of guy. So you're hoping Dante Pettis would be that. He kind of wasn't. So not having, you know, a Brandon Ayuk or a, a Debo Samuel to really stretch the field, it kind of condensed everything for Arizona and I think it made the game a lot easier for them and a lot harder for Jimmy Garoppolo, where now Jimmy has to be really good with every pass that he makes. And obviously yeah. he wasn't as sharp as we're used to seeing him, uh, you know, especially last year. He was really good in those type of situations. This year, you know, when you don't have guys out there last year, you know, throwing to Emmanuel Sanders and Debo San San uh, Samuel, it, it makes 
things a little bit tougher. And we definitely saw that. And we saw a corresponding, uh, you know, response from Kyle Shanahan, those guys where they said, you know what, this is an issue and we need to fix this right now. And they went out and, and signed a, a veteran free agent. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, a veteran, played under Kyle Shanahan back in 2016 with the Atlanta Falcons, was released by the New England Patriots a couple of weeks ago. Shanahan scoops him up, obviously with the injuries at wide receiver. I'll go through those injuries in just a bit. But what is a guy like Muhammad Sanu, what can he bring to this offense? Now, now he doesn't fix the, the issues with the vertical passing game, but... He's a very reliable guy. You you know exactly what you're going to get from him. He understands the little nuances of being able to get open, especially underneath. He provides another safety blanket, but just as a wide receiver position. So, you know, we have a guy like George Kittle. And, you know, that's kind of the go-to guy. But, you know, uh, Sanu, he's somebody that definitely will be able to play very well off of George Kittle, almost like the wide receiver version of, Jordan Reed, you know, uh, very consistent. I think he just brings a little bit more uh, in the sense of understanding the game than maybe Trent Taylor does right now or what Trent Taylor is able to give you and, you know, uh, uh, Dante Pettis as well. Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. So just a little bit of an injury update. Debo Samuel was placed on injured reserve this past weekend. He's out at least until week four while coming back from that foot injury. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said he was very concerned with Richie James, who suffered a hamstring injury after Sunday's game. Uh, Brandon Ayuk should be making his debut. Actually, he was a full participant on Wednesday during Wednesday's practice. So he should be back in the fold or make his NFL debut, as a matter of fact, on Sunday against the Jets. Uh, uh, Shanahan said at first he wouldn't rule out a guy like Sanu. They went and grabbed him. So now 49ers have a few more guys, let's say, than they did on Monday. Monday was looking kind of grim for the team. But Eric Franklin wants to know, why are there so many players getting banged up for the Niners this year? And before you answer that, I, I, I do want to address this because I feel like Fans are always in panic mode when you hear about an injury, but I think at the end of the day, you have to understand that this is the game of football, and it's not just the 49ers. If you look around the league and see how many injuries are going on, it's not, I promise you, it's not just targeted at this team. But I ask you, Eric, looking at not having a full offseason, not having a preseason, does that come into play with players getting banged up? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you think about the offseason, it starts in the offseason like OTAs. Everything in the OTAs is to gear your body to prepare for training camp. Well, this year there was no OTA. So guys are kind of preparing it by themselves, but maybe their trainer doesn't do it in stages like OTAs. I remember in the OTAs we had phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, each phase built up to something different. So it kind of prepares right. your body for it. And then it, and then that goes into training camp. And now training camp, your body is just more prepared and ready for that. Well, now they didn't have that preparation time. They jumped straight into training camp thinking like, okay, I'm just going to be able to go all out. And your body's just not prepared for that. And then to see, well, there's no preseason games to kind of get guys' feet wet and kind of change the pace for, you know, temporary, right? Like you look at starters, they play like a, a possession or two, you know, the first week of training camp. Well, now guys are just thrust into a game and going all out 
full speed every single play. And I just don't think that their bodies were just really ready for that. And we saw that from the Jets, too. I mean, if you look at their roster, yeah. Denzel Mims, the guy they drafted, hurt with a hamstring injury. Jamison Crowder. I mean, I can't even name another receiver on the Jets, but Jamison Crowder had a long touchdown, but now he's hurt with a hamstring injury. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those things. Le'Veon Bell's another one. Le'Veon Bell will be uh, on hand for Sunday. I mean, look, Frank Gore, he's like 100 years old. He has to start (laughs) Sunday. So, yeah, 49ers, obviously that's a team that we all follow. And, you know, so we're looking at every single injury and, you know, really nitpicking it. But, yeah, it's definitely going on around the league. And I mean, when you look at the 49ers and even their defense right now, uh, Richard Sherman's the only starter that's that's really hurt, right? Is there anybody else that's kind of scheduled to miss the game as far as a starting unit uh, on the 49ers defense? I don't think so. So they're actually kind of relatively uh, healthy. It's just kind of that receiver position that kind of really throws everything off. You brought up Sherman. I'm going to get to him in just a second, but I want to keep it on offense for just a split second. And I want to talk about the 49ers quarterback. It was not the best of days for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Despite some questionable throws, he had a modest outing, uh, 19 of 33 passing for 259 yards, two touchdowns. Sandra Jones from Concord wants to know, why isn't Jimmy G running the football? I feel like that's a question that you a lot of people ask when you see guys like a Kyler Murray, you see a, a Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. I mean, you even saw Daniel Jones on Monday Night Football uh, using his feet. But everyone wants to compare, and I feel like that's something that Kyle Shanahan likes his quarterbacks to be able to sit in the pocket. But what's your take? Why isn't Jimmy G running? Yeah, he's just not that type of quarterback, you know. And I'm pretty sure Jimmy G, if you ask him, he'd be like, yeah, I would like to be able to run like, you know, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or even, uh, you know, Danny Dimes out there in New York. He's he's mobile enough to be able to move around in the pocket, but he's not really getting away from anyone. That's just not his game. He's more of a rhythm and timing thrower. And I think that's what Kyle Shanahan wants him to be. He just has to get in rhythm. And I think sometimes when you're going into a game without having, you know, your your guys out there, it, it's just a little bit harder to get in that rhythm and really be able to, you know, know exactly where guys are going to be. And he touched on a little bit of that today uh, in the press conference. All right. I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to move my way to defense. Probably the biggest news of the week, uh, 49ers cornerback Richard Sherman being placed on IR This year, IR works a little different. A player is uh, required to miss three games before he can return back to the active roster. So Richard Sherman dealing with a calf strain. Um, I have have quite a few questions coming off of this, but all right, who steps up with Sherm out? You know, I I would think Akella Witherspoon. Now, you know, obviously after the Sherman uh, uh, news came out, we also found out that Akella Witherspoon was in a concussion protocol. So... Hopefully, as long as he can play, I'm someone, man, like I'm I'm a big believer in in Akella Witherspoon. I think he has all the talent in the world to be really good. I just think there's just some little times he goes on these little runs where he's not playing the ball well in the air. His coverage is as good as anybody on the on the team, but just sometimes he just kind of misses the ball like Barry. And I, I couldn't tell you why, but I have the utmost respect and confidence in uh, Keller with a spoon that he'll step in and, and I think he'll be really good. I think he'll be really good. So, I, yeah, I think that's the guy that's going to step up and be good. And, you know, mostly I think he'll he'll play much better than he did week one. It's not like he has to go up against DeAndre Hopkins again right. uh, for the next two weeks. 
Absolutely. Um, Something that also came up, 49ers in the next couple of weeks will be playing on a turf field. Give me a little bit of, of insight. What's the difference of playing on a turf field? How does that affect if you have a lower body injury? How does that work and how does that affect a player on the field? Well, it, it doesn't give as much as grass does. You know, grass, when you step and you plant, if you plant a certain way, the, ga- the grass will give. Well, on turf, it's not going to give. So you're more likely to, if you are going to kind of have an, an injury like that, where you kind of step weird, it's more likely to happen on turf than it is on grass. Richard Sherman missing. So he'll be back probably, uh, they're hoping, no more than three weeks. Um, don't believe it's to be considered too serious, according to Kyle Shanahan. But as a former defensive back, uh, Rashai Franklin wants to know, why doesn't Robert Sala double-team wide receivers like the Michael Thomas and the DeAndre Hopkins of the world? And what is also your thought on the future of the cornerback position outside? Beyond this year, there are no cornerbacks on the roster that are signed beyond the 2020 season. Yeah, you know, I've, I've wondered. Sala, he, he plays his defense, and he has little things that he likes to do, and he switches it up, I think, a little bit more than we think. But I really haven't seen him just bracket guys and double guys and give guys help uh, too much, at least from what I've noticed in the film that I've watched. Uh, he just plays the defense and, you know, counts on our front seven to kind of get there, and guys just play their areas in zone very well. Obviously, last game, it because of the outcome, is like, dang, 49ers lost, and you saw certain plays, but the defense didn't play terrible. You know, outside of, a, you know, the block punt, you know, if it weren't for that, I mean, what what uh, Arizona maybe scores what fourteen points? So yeah, I've, I've like been standing this. on that for a while. I've been arguing about that point. <laughs> it would yeah, be a, a completely different outcome. Yeah, it's not like they just played terrible. It, it was just yeah, there were there was some you know busting. There was one busting coverage where uh, 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 DeAndre Hopkins caught a ball over the middle and ran to the one yard line. Another uh, bust when uh, Kyler Murray scrambled and ran in for a touchdown. But outside of that, I thought they were. They were good. I think it's kind of clouded clouded because when you look at just the stats and you see DeAndre Hopkins had 14 catches, it's like, oh, man, they just played terrible. But I thought for the <laughs> most part they didn't play bad, just a play here and there. And, and if anybody's going to fix it, man, Robert Sala, he's really smart, really good guy. I, I think he'll definitely adjust. 49ers will have a much different challenge this week facing the New York Jets. You don't have that quarterback like a Kyler Murray, a slippery guy you're trying to contain. And also you don't have a DeAndre Hopkins out there on the field. Uh, So it'll be a different challenge for the 49ers uh, heading into week two. Christopher, Christopher Smith from New Orleans wants to know, do you think this 49ers secondary is good enough to get back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because the 49ers... It's not so much the secondary. Obviously, you want those guys to just do their job and be good. And, you know, we did see them force a turnover, right? Jaquissi Tart had an interception. Yeah. Week one, that was really exciting for me to see because I've been saying, man, I need these safeties to take the ball away. He got him one off of a, a tip pass. I think they're definitely, like, good enough. You know, we saw them play well last year. You know, for the most part, you just need a little bit more from, and I don't want to call players out or anything like that, but, like, hey, like D Ford. You know, get a little bit more pressure and do some of the things that he did last year coming off, off of that edge. You know, once you start kind of getting that and the defensive line gets in a little groove, and you'll see more of it when they play against quarterbacks that can't really move like a Kyler Murray. Yeah. Murray makes it difficult to rush the passer because 
he just moves out spots very well. And if you get outside your your pass rushing lanes, he can just take off like we saw him do for the touchdown. Uh, when you're playing against Sam Darnold, he's going to sit back there a little bit more. And now when you see guys that are coming off that edge, they know pretty much they know exactly where he's going to be. You'll see a lot more pressure. That'll make it so that the guys on the outside, the the, the cornerbacks and the safeties, they can tighten down more. And I, you might even see a, you know, a couple of interceptions. Uh, so, and then I think people thought of the secondary. I think they'll, they'll, they'll be a little bit more positive outlook on it after this game. I think 49ers fans are excited to hear that some more interceptions with a quarterback that can sit in the pocket. Um, so with that, looking at a guy like Sam Darnold, what kind of success would you expect this 49ers defensive line to have against more of your traditional quarterback? Man, you know, as somebody that follows USC and, uh, you know, I watch Sam Darnold, I'm a fan of his. And I was like, man, I want him to be really good. Just <laughs> not this week. So, um, you know, he, he's been kind of struggling and it's not all his fault, even more so than Sam Darnold. Who does he have around him? That's really the big issue right now going on with the Jets. You lose Le'Veon Bell, who's supposed to be the guy, right? He's supposed to be the guy, supposed to come in and help. And no, they have to lean on uh, Frank Gore. Uh, at receiver position, like I said, you lose Mims, who they drafted in the second round to really be able to stretch the field. He's hampered with a hamstring injury. Now Crowder is hampered with a hamstring injury, and that was kind of their guy. And I was like, well, they have to, you know, fall back on uh, Perryman, Rashad Perryman. Uh, I think that's going to be a really big issue. And then they have a totally uh, new offensive line. Every single position is is a new player for them. And when you have the 49ers defensive line coming in with, you know, we know how good Bosa is and you have D Ford and Eric Armstead, that's going to make life really difficult on, on Sam Darnold. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be one of his better games. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at (laughs) manscaped.com. You talk about how you, as a a USC guy, you know, you're rooting for a guy like Sam Darnold, but it's also going to be just as tough for 49ers fans this week wanting to see Frank Gore succeed, but then you're also rooting against him. (laughs) So that's going to be definitely an interesting matchup. 49ers uh, seeing Frank Gore for the first time since 2017. I believe that was when he was with the Colts. So that's going to be an interesting matchup as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Frank the Tank, man, the inconvenient truth. Uh, Very underrated player. He's had an amazing career. Uh, Man, I'm excited to watch him play. But, again, not at our expense. So, you know, if he can get, like, you know, 45 yards or something like that, I'll be like, all right, good good job. That's enough right there, though. No no more than that. But that's it. Let's cut it off right there. (laughs) Frank Gore entering into his 16th, or now he's in his 16th NFL season. Unbelievable uh, career and getting the respect he uh, definitely deserves. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap this up a bit. Um, you looking at teams like the Cardinals bringing in somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Seattle getting guys like Jamal Adams. I know a lot of fans were were hollering for the 49ers. They were literally adding John Lynch at all times of day to get him to try to grab a guy like Jamal Adams. He goes to Seattle. Luis Mendez wants to know, do you think that the NFC West is more difficult now this season than it was a year before? You know, I think at the end of the day, man, like teams are going to get better. That's just how it works. The NFC West was very challenging last year. You know, the way I look at it is, you know, if 
San Francisco didn't beat these teams, right? They didn't beat the 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 Seahawks. Like they're probably like number one seed in the NFC. If you if they if they didn't beat the Rams last year, which they did, you know, they beat them both times. But if you flip those, the Rams are like an eleven or twelve win team. And then now you have the up and coming Arizona Cardinals who are, you know, they beat the 49ers week one. It's it's a very difficult uh division. And I mean the NFL is, you know, it's difficult to win in general. So 49ers it is going to be tough. It was always going to be tough. We knew the NFC West was going to yeah. be extremely tough. Obviously, teams adding these playmakers and you know elite guys, uh, difference makers, that makes it a little tougher. Four Niners just going to have to adjust, and and I think they have definitely have the right coaches in place to make sure that they make the the, the proper adjustments. Is the NFC West the toughest division in the NFL? Because I feel like we can't rule out the NFC South. But in your opinion, what's the toughest? Ooh, I, I think the the AFC North with the oh. you know, I, I think that'll be a little bit more difficult. I think the 49ers, I think the NFC West definitely is the most difficult division. But yeah, that that the AFC North, I think it can kind of rival it a little bit. Definitely some really talented teams there. Uh, you know, you got the Steelers, you got the Ravens. I'm I'm really bullish on the Steelers this year. I think they're gonna be really good once Ben Roethlisberger kind of gets in stride. Uh I was expecting a little bit more out of the Browns, but yeah, that's tough. And then obviously the Bengals, they're just kind of out of it. But the, the three got the three teams, the, the Bengals, the I mean the, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens, I think they'll be very, very competitive. <laughs> I, I I like that. I, I like that. You hear a lot about what the Saints are doing and what the Bucks are doing, but you cannot discount uh he's at the AFC North. So I agree with that one. All right. Well, looking at the NFC. Let's say, I mean, I, I was saying this earlier this week, you know, everyone's really upset about starting off this year 0-1-1, but that doesn't mean that the 49ers can't go 15-1. and I'm just going to throw that out there. But let's <laughs> say they do. Who's the biggest threat in, in, in the NFC? Who do you see? Definitely the Saints. You know, mm-hmm. they, they just uh, – they have all, the, they have all the, the, the guys around them, the tools. Obviously, they have the quarterback. They have the head coach. I, I just – when you look at their team – and how they've always played together. Obviously, they just won a you know a big home game against Tampa Bay. They just have everything that they need to be able to you know compete and beat a team like the 49ers. So I think definitely the, the Saints. That's that's going to be the team to beat. Saints are without Michael Thomas, I believe, for a couple of weeks. Somebody else who's dealing with another. I believe it's a hamstring injury as well. So again, going back to the point you made, it's not just the 49ers. Yes, you follow the 49ers, so you're seeing these injuries. Uh, just up up front, but uh, it's it's a lot of teams that are dealing with it. But that, how do they bounce back without a guy like like Michael Thomas? I, I've, I mean, they do have weapons on offense, and and one I will bring up is Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, but what's your feeling of the Saints? Well, it seemed like okay, it's like okay, we're gonna have to play with my without Michael Thomas, so we're just gonna just give the ball to Kamara every play. And yeah. <laughs> every time I looked, yeah. he was running into the end zone. So that might be the game <laughs> plan now. Just get the ball to Kamara and then okay, let's throw it to you know Emmanuel Sanders too, because we have him. We'll we'll get him some touchdowns. So that that's what it looked like they when they went to on Sunday. All right. Last thing, Eric. Um any any projections, any predictions? What what are you feeling? And you don't have to give me a record. You don't have to give me a specific stat. But is there anything that you feel as you've seen this forty this forty nine ers team in just week one? But you know the potential they have. You know their coaching staff. But what's your outlook on this team heading into the rest of this twenty twenty season? Oh, I'm really excited. I'm the things that happened in the first game. I expected with no 
uh, no preseason. You know, you don't have your outside receivers there. Uh, you know, guys just kind of a little rusty starting off. If somebody was going to kind of sneak up on the 49ers, I thought it was going to be early. But once you start getting these guys back and everything starts clicking, I think the 49ers, and I, and I put it on Twitter, I said by week eight, 49ers are going to be a force to reckon with, and they're going to be so good. You just kind of have to weather through the little storm early on, get in that groove, get guys back, get in the rhythm, how they want to do things. It won't be as choppy, and I, I think you'll see a really, really good team down the stretch. I like that, and I hope so. I think a lot of us, the faithful, were spoiled going 8-0 last year, but I definitely think that is something that can happen. This team actually uh, firing on all cylinders as this season progresses. Eric Crocker, uh, we appreciate having you. Don't forget you can follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Appreciate having you. Um, I'm I'm excited. You you have me ready. You have me anxious for the rest of this season. Um, I'm ready to get some weapons back on offense as well uh, following this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm excited to see Brandon Ayuk. Sounds like, yeah, like you said earlier, full going practice. Um, That's somebody I'm really excited to see, and he should open things up just a little bit for Jimmy Garoppolo. Another weapon for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo getting back. Optimistically, this week was a full participant, him and Ben Garland, 49ers center, uh, who's in place for Weston Richburg, who's on PUP. So another guy the 49ers are getting back. Another reason to get excited about Week 2 49ers looking to redeem themselves against the New York Jets. Eric, appreciate having you. We got to have you back on sometime. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us.